0: Every weekday, my family follows the same pattern, and because I know many of you have plans after this, I'll give you just a snapshot of the early morning. We wake up, we eat breakfast together, and then around 7.25, Monday through Friday, all four of us, we panic because we know we have not given ourselves enough time to get dressed and make it to the bus stop on time the details of our morning, what we eat for breakfast, how we brew our coffee, or the time that we finally roll out of bed. Those things may change during the week, but the pattern for ordering our family's life it stays the same. We eat breakfast and we sit at the same table. We sit in the same chairs. We see the same green jeep going up 16th Street and the same church person riding their bicycle on our way to the bus stop. And in those brief moments the pattern of our morning overlaps with the pattern of their morning. Our lives intersect influencing how we move through the day and through the week. What appears to be separate journeys are woven together. Our pattern becomes part of your pattern, and vice versa. Our neighborhoods, they have patterns as well. Every Monday night, we hear the sound of trash cans and recycling cans making their way to the curb. The contents of these containers are affected by the patterns of the prior week. But every Monday night, they settle in at their place at the edge of the driveway. A gathering of family or friends may result in more trash or hopefully recycling spilling out at the top of the can waiting to be picked up the next day. After Christmas we'll hear the sound of cardboard being dragged across asphalt or gravel finally making its resting spot at the end of the driveway. And then in the spring there will be piles of brush and with the piles of brush come the allergens and smells in the air. As we prepare to make space in flower beds and in our yards for the bulbs of spring to bloom, the patterns of our daily routines and shared communities make up the liturgy of our lives. And I know what you're thinking liturgy is a word that's usually reserved for Sunday morning for times like this. Liturgy is a service of worship or Worshiping God and particularly following a set prescribed order for the service. But to put it a bit more simply, liturgy is the work that the people of a community do together. Even if we don't think that we're following a liturgy during a worship service, we are. There's always a pattern that we use to navigate our time together so that we can place our focus on God and not on any one individual in the community. We can change a song, we can move a prayer from here to there, or we can overhaul the liturgy all together. But we won't be ridding ourselves of the pattern that organizes our life together, our shared life. We can establish a new liturgy and a new pattern by which our communities worship would be organized. Jesus has traveled from the banks of the Jordan River and eventually arrived in Capernaum. He's not yet turned and faced towards Jerusalem, the religious and political hub of the region. Instead, Jesus stayed in the region surrounding the Sea of Galilee. Galilee was home to revolutionary, zealous movements. Galilee and the cities in the region were considered to be the the outskirts, the backwoods of the region. Capernaum, I mean, even Jesus' hometown of Nazareth were removed from the daily patterns of religious and political life in Jerusalem. Galilee is what we today would refer to as a melting pot. The liturgy of the community there was influenced by those who may not have been comfortable establishing the pattern of their own life in an area with very strict adherence to religious law. And it was in Capernaum where Jesus picked up the pattern, continuing the practice begun by his cousin, John the Baptist, by saying, change your hearts and lives. He's calling people to repent. Here comes the kingdom of God. In Jesus, the kingdom of heaven had come. In the kingdom of heaven, it arrived in Capernaum, in Galilee, in a place where the liturgy of the community played fast and loose with the law, and the community is not what many would have considered to be biblically pure. Gentiles lived in the community, and the patterns of paganism influenced the pattern of Jewish life in the region. The people living in Galilee They still went about their daily liturgy. And this is where Jesus found Peter and Andrew and James and John fishing by the sea. It was amid their daily liturgy. The mending of nets, climbing in boats and setting off to fish. The repetitive nature of throwing a net into the water, pulling it back up, and then returning to shore to either sell their catch or to return to mending their nets. It was in the midst of that daily liturgy that Jesus called them to follow him. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Come and follow me, and I'll show you how to bring people into my kingdom. Jesus' new pattern for life in the community pulled Peter and Andrew and James and John from their occupations as fishermen and their vocations as sons within the community. And Jesus invited them to not only experience God's grace, but to at the same time become instruments of the same grace that had been extended to them. This new liturgy would take these four new disciples from the backwoods of Galilee and thrust them into the political and religious hub of the region. And later that liturgy would thrust these men on behalf of the kingdom of heaven into the religious and political hubs of the known world for one purpose, to extend the same invitation to the grace of the kingdom of heaven. And this morning we are continuing a sermon series that Pastor Ed introduced last week titled, Won't you be my neighbor? We're examining what it means to live together in community. Grace is a word that people like me and pastors Ed and Jeff, it's a word that we throw around in church, but we rarely define or explore its implications. Some would refer to this as stained glass language, and it turns us off not because of its offensiveness, but rather because those of us who have been charged with bearing God's grace in the world do not take what we bear seriously. The grace of God, the unmerited, there's nothing you can do to earn it and there's certainly nothing you can do to lose it, love of God, is ours every day of the week. In the nitty-gritty grind we find ourselves in, God's grace, whether we recognize it or not, is ours. Not only is God's grace, God's love, ours, but it's also ours regardless if we want it or not. God's grace is ours to receive, and when we step in to the grace of God, we are changed. And so is our neighborhood. This invitation to grace was part of what made Mr. Rogers in the neighborhood of make-believe tick. Fred Rogers was a Presbyterian minister, and he had been called to care for children, children like me and many of you, our children today through shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. That call to care for children happened in a world that continues to neglect the intelligence of children in exchange for easy distractions and unanswered questions. Mr. Rogers once said, love isn't a state of perfect caring. Love, it's an active noun, like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is, right here and now. And this is grace at its most basic definition. Extending love and acceptance to someone exactly as they are exactly where they are. This is precisely what Jesus did in going to Galilee instead of Jerusalem. Jesus went to the place where the law, the thing that was supposed to guide the liturgy of the community, was not always followed. He went to this place and he said, here comes the kingdom of heaven, not because of your ability to follow the liturgy of the community perfectly, but because as you are, And where you are, God has come down from high to heal and to share the good news. That while we may be filled with sin, and while we may have turned away from God, God still loves you. God has not abandoned you, leaving you to figure this out on your own. The new liturgy for this community and for the world we will write together, guided by God's grace, guided by God's love. The pattern of our community may not always mirror God's plan, but God in Christ can work with us and guide us to a new pattern of holiness. This is at the heart of Jesus' invitation to change your hearts and lives, to repent, to turn towards God, and turn towards the kingdom of heaven. Jesus extended an invitation to the disciples he called by the Sea of Galilee. And it's the same invitation that's extended to each of us when we answer his call to follow him and we emerge from our baptismal waters. This invitation to change the narrative of the community by changing the pattern, by changing the liturgy that guides us. The patterns created by our lives together, they don't change because of anything we do, but because we have been changed by Christ's invitation to grace. And we can't imagine doing anything else. A liturgy of grace, the work of God's love that we participate in, it doesn't remove us from the weekday or weekend liturgy of our own homes or our neighborhood. Our work, the work of the people, it continues. We still have to go to the bus stop. There are things to do after the bus pulls away. When that green jeep passes me on 16th Street, I know that the driver is going on with their day, and I will continue on with mine. Yes, we have to wrestle the trash cans to the end of the street on a Monday night, but come Tuesday evening, you better have them back to where they're supposed to be, next to the house. This is why Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood ended each episode with, do you remember, I'll be back when the day is new. Christ's liturgy of grace, it continues. We get to do this all over again, even if we mess it up today. The invitation remains, and tomorrow, when the day is new, with new ideas and things to talk about, we have the opportunity to jump back into the patterns of Christ's community of grace. The patterns that we engage in now because of the grace of God and the change in the narrative his ministry sparked are what author Shea Tuttle describes as times of holy exchange. Moments where the good news of God's reign in Christ touches us and touches our neighbors. Thanks be to God.